I told my boss about the uh, podcast today. Hopefully, I've never slandered work on one of these podcasts. If so, I take it all back. I don't think you have. I don't think so either. Also, make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button and rate the podcast. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the wonderful Zach Mack. And uh, Zach, you realize that Carey Price has given up at least five goals in three of his last four games? Wow, at least five? At least five. That's a lot. It's too many. He's the best goalie in the world, you know. That's what happens when you're the yeah, best goalie in the yeah, world. It happens to the worst of us. He's gotten pulled, I think, twice. I think he's gotten pulled in the last two starts. I mean, he definitely he had to have gotten pulled yesterday. He got pulled last. Yeah, he only gave up five. Shit, I got pulled. I, I, I switched to Wild Devils. That's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw. I felt bad though. I saw a lot of Boston Bruins Twitter. Like try to get around the local blackout or whatever it was uh, on the app, and they they couldn't. But then quickly realized that they didn't. That you know there was nothing to really didn't see. matter. Yeah, yeah. They were they were crushing. David Pasternak obviously scores another hat trick. The Rocket Richard Trophy is getting further and further away from our picks of Austin Matthews and Alexander Ovechkin. But- I was gonna say, can I renege? Yeah, right. Props to Jackson. Uh, we got to give him a shout out. He called it like when Pasternak had his first hat trick. Yeah, I think it was his, after his first hat trick. He in like his ninth, eight, ninth, and tenth goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds right. Um, so yeah, props to Jackson for making that prediction. Uh, we have a loaded show with a a lot of bullshit, but it's also our Thanksgiving episode. So we're we're thankful. We're thankful for the listeners, and we'll think we're thankful that we get to keep doing this. Uh, let's jump right into Department of Player Safety. That was all I wanted to say about Carey Price, by the way. Dude sucks right now. <laughs> and we were we were lambasted on Twitter by Habs Twitter over the summer. Yeah, like, but we were cherry picking facts. Man. Freaking Canada. We were uh, never worried. We knew that we knew it would come to this. We knew. Oh yeah, we yeah. I mean, the Twitter bio says Carey Price is overrated. Yeah. We we knew it. Uh, Department of Player Safety sucks. And I hate inconsistency. And I think Robert Bortuzzo got off easy. If you haven't seen this already, uh, Robert Bortuzzo has been suspended for four games um, for, you know, giving a good cross check to Arvidsson to knock him down um, and then trying to snap his spine in half while Arvidsson was on all fours on the ice. It It's one of the most clear-cut intent to seriously, seriously hurt slash try to paralyze a guy that I've seen on the ice in quite a long time. And four games, just, it doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, nothing nothing says nice guy like following up a cross-check with a couple more cross-checks to the back. Um, but it turns out he should have just spit on him instead. Yeah, I mean, he would have gotten three games for spitting on him. He's, I don't think Garnett Hathaway, the Washington Capitol, who spit, 
it on I can't remember who he spit on, but got three a three game suspension for it. And Robert Bortuzzo does this, and I feel like he kind of comes away unscathed because it's not like he contributes. So, you know, it's not like he's in the, the Art Ross race and is going to miss crucial games, you know, in his journey to 120 points. He sucks, and he got burned, and he got pissed. And it, it just doesn't seem like he should be able to walk away with only four games. Yeah, <laughs> that logic is so flawed. Like, how does three cross-checks to the back just only one more game than a spit? Which, how many did Marshawn get for licking? Did he get any? He didn't get any because it was in the playoffs. Okay. I I think the lick was in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. I think I think it was. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think he got any. And, which, I mean, if he was going to get two, it makes sense that he didn't get suspended in the playoffs. But, I mean, this isn't even Bortuzzo's first incident identical to this, basically. Like, it'd be one thing if he was or not suspended he was fined for this an incident like this before but it's not like he ran a guy into the boards and got you know a ten thousand dollar fine and then this happened and he only got four games he did the exact same thing basically to brock nelson some people saying the one on brock nelson looks worse from a couple years ago and then we see this with arvidson arvidson is out four to six weeks and it could have been worse much worse yeah it's just the the inconsistencies I, I can't even figure out where is it just a lack of i guess guidelines rules black and white rules there's, there's a lot of good i mean there's a lot of different theories about like the thought process that goes into every decision by department of player safety and george peros and, and pronger and those guys i I've heard a lot of, you know, if it's if it's those guys in there, why don't we get a voice of reason on the other end of the spectrum, you know, Paul Korea type, which we might have mentioned before on this podcast. But, I mean, Sean McIndoe from The Athletic said it best. Like, how do we know that George Peros hasn't been reformed and is thinking of it from the other perspective? And the guy who's injured, and he, I mean, he was already in a little bit of pain before for the second cross check down and then he was screaming in pain it looked like and then i'm not gonna pile on to this because he's your boy but bennington gave him a little bit of a shot there too whether or not he knew the entirety of what just happened is remains to be seen because it it's hard i'm hard pressed to prove that he could but it was it was a little bit of a shot from bennington there yeah but anyway Department of Player Safety needs, I don't know if it's another mind or another guideline or what, but it's just, it's not working the way it is. Yeah, because if you look at, I mean, how, you said, how long is Arvidsson out? Four to six weeks. Yeah, and we've got, I mean, we didn't even mention the elbow um, to Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, yeah, uh, Cernic from... Yeah, Eric Cernic. From, yeah. He gets two games, and Dahlin's out, I think, similar, right? Indefinitely, indefinitely. Oh. With yeah, with concussion syndromes or a concussion, one of the two. But I mean, like we're seeing with Landeskog, who knows how long indefinitely is. Um, but you're right. It that also and actually that replay looks almost as bad as the Bortuzzo play. 
because it looks like Saranek's going straight to the head. Yeah. What do you think? is a tough dude. What do you think about what if they did like what? What are the major setbacks of doing? Like if if you injure somebody, you're out. You're suspended as long as they're out with their injury. Because do you think like if the injured guy is less of a factor, he just prolongs his injury. That could happen, and because I mean, say say it's Alex Ovechkin who you know gets a charging or interference type call that, you know, injures a guy and, you know, he only gets two minutes and the other team doesn't really feel justified, whatever it is, that could be go, that could go from like a mild ankle sprain to possibly a high ankle sprain. The team could say, because it means yeah they, the other team is holding someone out. You know, you're holding Alex Ovechkin off the ice. Yeah. There's that. And then, you know, sometimes a weird, like the Joe Pavelski thing. Imagine if we suspended uh, Cody Eakin, you know, for the entirety of his concussion syndrome, and it lasted a Sidney Crosby type length, like oh, eighteen yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. Like Cody Eakin misses his entire season for that. Because um, I've thought that way too, and I see that a lot on Twitter. But I, as soon as I read that side of the argument, I was like, "Yep, that makes total sense." Yeah, like Joe Thornton would have been suspended something like 97 games for a hit a few years ago based on the the injury on the other end. So, I mean, that's a slippery slope, but I, I think there's something like, I think an injury, not the length of injury, but an injury in itself on a play like that, like the, the minimum should be five, probably 10, but it, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it either. But but let's remember, Victor Arvidsson was in the crease, so he definitely deserved that. Yeah. It's an absolute joke. And like Ryan Lambert was saying, like it is just every time you call stuff like that out and say it doesn't belong in the game and that hockey doesn't need that, you know, it's the beer league guys who are telling you that you've never you obviously have played the <laughs> game and that's part of it. And it's like it's always that type. The beer league it, guys. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why is that part of the game? What? What did the, the the Blues gained nothing? Actually, lost, depending on how you look at it, quite a bit because of that play. And Bennington didn't seem at all affected by the fact that Arvidsson was there at any point in the ensuing play. Yeah, I'm very much coming around to this idea that, I mean, you know me. I've kind of I've played devil's advocate to getting rid of enforcers. And I still like fighting as part of the game, but uh, yeah, I'm coming around to that. This we just, we just don't need this anymore. Yeah, and the yeah the Saranac play is tough. The Garnet Hathaway three game suspension, really weird. It's just the the thinking needs to change, um, just like it does in Detroit because it is now three nothing. I know. Maple Leafs. Tavares again. Tavares has two goals in the first ten minutes of the Maple Leafs. Red Wings game as we record this. Uh, I am disgusted that we have to have the conversation that we're about to have. Um, And I'm sure the Bill Peters conversation is already exhausted for some of you listening to this. And I'm sorry, but we'd be doing a disservice not to bring it up. Bill Peters, if any amount of this is true, if 1% of this is true, should never work in this league again. Absolutely. He 
has been accused by multiple players uh, for multiple acts of misconduct. May, the focus right now is the racism shown towards, I want to make, Akeem Alou uh, was apparently called the N-word multiple times by Bill Peters in the locker room in front of other players. Uh, and it didn't phase Bill Peters to use that language directed towards anyone at all. Um, me, me called Michael Jordan claims he was punched and kicked in the back. Other guys have claimed verbal and physical abuse. This all came about because he's from the Babcock coaching tree and the Babcock situation we'll touch on a little bit later, but the focus right now has to be Bill Peters in what a pile of shit this guy is. Yeah. If I mean, Go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, if they're true, absolutely. It's and it's been corroborated by a couple people now. Uh, I think it was they said former players, and then um, Robert Moore came up and said that uh, the abuse part, or he confirmed that part. It's yeah, it's just a tough scene, man. It's just you're you're absolutely right. If if any of it's true, you know, you hope he's never part of the league again. Just, I. You mentioned the Brenda Moore thing, and uh, Brenda Moore spoke to reporters and, you know, said this this did happen. And there were people here and, you know, our side of things and management handled it correctly, which if that's what he says, I have no reason not to believe Brenda Moore. I feel like just hearing about it now means it wasn't handled properly. Yeah. But, you know, we said we said all last year or not last year, two years ago. In three years ago, and probably even four years ago, that the the Canes needed a new coach, and there's an attitude problem there. And now they're one of the best teams in the league two years running because of Rod Brindamore and the attitude and and what he's brought into that locker room. But that was probably. I'm wondering what Bill Peters' psyche was before another coach, you know, colleague type person came out and laid that final brick because I. I if we hadn't heard from Peters yet, not even denial, I don't know what his plan was at that point. And we should mention he since um, as we record this at seven thirty seven, as I refresh the Twitter feed, it he's left the team. They when wherever the, wherever they are in Buffalo, but is still technically their head coach. If we read that correctly, so yeah, it's, it's confusing, but. It's, it's a, well, yeah, it's not, I mean, it, it should be straightforward, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to believe that this is happening in our sport, but if these guys are going to get taken down by this, everyone who's been mentioned in any fashion with shit like this, I'm glad they're going to fall down and fall down hard. Yeah. It seems like you're right. He hasn't released a statement or denied anything yet. Um, seems a little fishy. Seems like he's probably accepted his fate. We saw the report said he left quote unquote left the flames, whatever that means, uh, for now. And <laughs> it's I mean they've been and the reporters have been asking current players and some of them have good stories to tell about Bill Peters, says he's a nice guy, blah blah blah. And it's that's all good, fine. But we have to remember that it's just like if if one or two instances actually happen, that that's what matters. And that's what you gotta get rid of. Yeah. And, and to say it 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 just shows the untouchable, invincible kind of aura that these guys put around themselves. Not, I mean, certain media members and 
media followings might also place that aura around them. But to say that at any point, regardless of what the fuck Zach Boychuk says, it has never been okay to talk like that in any locker room, in any sport. Yeah. But to, to say it at any time in the in recent history and in front of a room of people just shows that he definitely didn't care about anyone in that locker room and felt like there was no one that could touch his job, which is crazy to me because he wasn't even a good coach. Yeah. It's... And the Flames kind of sucked this year, so it all kind of makes sense. They probably <laughs> hate his guts too. I was going to bring that up too. <laughs> Um, but a lot of this, so this was all brought up, like I mentioned, because he is part of Mike Babcock's coaching tree. And I want, we want to touch on this too. (laughs) Mike Babcock made Mitch Marner as a rookie, make a list of players (laughs) that he thought worked, you know, started the the hardest working players and work your way down to the, the least hardest working players. And then supposedly it was Nas Kadri and Tyler Bozak at the bottom of the list that Mike Babcock called into his office to tell them that Marner did this in front of Marner. It, I don't want to be like too too sensitive about this because Marner is a very very good player, and Dustin Penner is completely ill informed when he says that this type of stuff makes some people better, which he said on Twitter, that Mitch Marner is the player he is today because of that type of emotional abuse, mental abuse, whatever you want to call it. But that's what that is. And I don't think, you know, I'll get the, you know, liberal comments on Twitter and Snowflake and I'm too sensitive and I'm a millennial and what what the fuck ever it is. I, I know that's going to come my way, but that's what it is. It's abuse. And it's, Seems typical now, the stories we're hearing of Babcock, to do something like that. Yeah, interesting to think that those two players are not with the Leafs anymore. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, anyone who's been part of a team sport or has participated in a team sport throughout their childhood understands that this is, that's such a tough place to put a player in, in that situation. I mean, it takes elite level camaraderie to win a championship in a team sport rather than just an elite level player playing a singular sport. So it that just it just seems insane how Babcock thought that that would work to me. Yeah, I, oh. and that's what that's what I don't get is he thought it would work and probably thought it did work when Marner turned out to be the player that he was. And I don't I I think Marner is an incredibly gifted player and a smart player and would have gotten to where he is without that a hundred percent, maybe even better than he is now. If he hadn't endured that, who knows? Uh, and you're right. I mean, Kadri and Bozak aren't on the team anymore, so maybe they didn't work hard, but even trying to justify that in any sense, uh, my wife is baking at all the desserts for Thanksgiving. So that's what the background noise might be. Um, it's, it's just inexcusable. And I mean, Mike Commodore seems a little more justified now. But it's not just back. I mean, I want to say it was Friedman posted on Twitter that he was. Oh, Daniel Carcillo. Daniel Carcillo, former goon, grinder, enforcer, 
in the NHL, former Blackhawk, actually. He's been in touch with players who, you know, endured something in the WHL where coaches were like throwing the rookie parties and, you know, forcing the players to dress up as girls and, you know, drink whatever they put in front of, like just weird hazing. It's ridiculous. It, it's so odd because, I mean, hazing is definitely not a popular thing anymore. I'd like to think you don't hear about it nearly as much. And unfortunately that's because kids were dying while being hazed. But I mean, even when I was in high school, there was a form of hazing. I went to three different high schools, three, four different high schools. Like hazing is always a new kid thing. It's not just the youngest guy on the block thing. So I just can't imagine it ever getting to that point. I've never known a coach. I know they're out there, obviously. We're seeing it. But I've never known a coach to to do things like that. It just seems like like fraternity rushing, sorority rushing is like, that's like, that's the last, that's where you just like, hazing, that's where they do hazing. And that's like, you're done for the rest of your life with hazing. Like, let's just grow up after that, you know? Yeah. I, and the the worst part is, and I took shit for this on Twitter as well, the mentality of hockey and the, the tough guy thing that we've talked about in the past doesn't just apply to injuries. It applies to stuff like this and guys can't speak out. Akeem Alou can't speak out against Bill Peters until he sees someone that Bill Peters respected start to fall. And then Alou sees that there is a chink in the armor and he's not trying to capitalize on a bad situation. He's trying to help people understand that there are people like this. I mean, dude, we're in the same month that the Don Cherry shit went down. Like, yeah, do you think this is the end? I mean, we could see – who knows what we're going to hear next, you know? The, I don't think it's the end because I think just like the Alou uh, comments with the chink in the armor, I – in this sport needs it more, more than others in my personal opinion. This sport needs this type of reinvention and kind of like – I mean, if – we were maybe heading towards a lockout in a couple of years. That would have hurt the league. No matter what happens from now on, there's a black eye on the league for years to come. If the chips just keep falling, and even if it's lesser known people around the NHL, if the wrong people in the right positions are out of a job and taken down because they're this type of person, I, it can only be good for the sport in the long run. And, you know, we won't have to we won't see the articles about the one black player on any given team dealing with some sort of racism. It'll be the 10 players on any the 10 minority players on any given team not having to deal with racism. anymore. Yeah. I know it'll never be gone completely from society because there will always be stupid people, shitty people, in the yeah. world. Yeah. shitty people in the world. Exactly. Um but the only way we get to the least amount is by bringing down people like this. And by the way, Mike Babcock, not he's not involved in any of the racist conversation. Like I haven't heard anything about Mike Babcock, so I'm not accusing him of that. The Bill, you know, the Bill Peters stuff and other coaches who some have yet to be named and all sorts. Uh, it started with the the racist accusations, and then you know the physical. Kicked and punched. Daryl Sutter's been named. 
in a lot of the WHL stuff as well. The Sutter family. Oh, really? You know, former Kings coach. Yeah, some of the stuff. I'll try. I'll pull up Carcillo's Twitter because it actually, I I could have written all my notes from Carcillo's Twitter. I mean, he was putting out <laughs> all the. And for for those that don't know, like since being a total goon and pretty hateable guy in the NHL, he has turned into a Andrew Ference type ambassador for the league. You know, he tries to help former players. You know, he's one of the guys that realized he has a lot more life or years to live after hockey. And his head is so messed up from his years in the league that he's trying to do what he can to help people. Um, Andrew Ferris, yeah, that's a good name. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, he's a big trying to help the league too, but he's more of a publicity guy. Um, but he had a lot to say about, you know, Coach Quenville and the help that he gave on the other, because he was like, there's so much negativity around coaches right now. God, this guy tweets a lot. Um, but he said last night, I have read below of how big of a toll a toxic coach can have on a young man in hockey. And there's a bunch of screenshots. And then he goes on to say, I have over a hundred similar stories in my inbox now. And we'll be airing the messages in most cases from minors and teens and juniors who just need to be heard. And these are guys who don't want their name out there, but want the stories to be out there. Want someone who maybe feels that they're, I, I, I can't imagine what's going through these guys' minds who are sharing these stories, but if they're not ready to speak out, maybe they think they'll inspire someone who is ready to speak out and put their name out there. But it's, uh, I'm looking at these pictures from this WHL party that I was talking about. Go check out, if you're listening to this, you know, and Zach, you too, go check out car bomb boom 13 on Twitter. Um, it, there's just a ton of stuff here. It's it's a gauntlet of disturbing scenarios. And it, it sucks that this is happening now. But like I said, if this is going to give the league a facelift in a more approachable, front-facing attitude instead of the white person sport like golf was for so long, I, I think it can only be good in the long run. Yeah, it'd just be best case scenario if we could just if every story could come to light, we just clean sweep everyone out. But... Yeah, I mean this is how this is how movements start. I mean we saw it. You know we're both Michigan State fans. We know what went, we know what went on there um, with Larry Nasser and the gymnastics, and it's that was a horrible thing for Michigan State, but it helped a lot of people heal and, and move on and be better at whatever they were doing, especially those athletes. So it's tough now and it's tough for hockey fans who never ever share the mindset of someone like Bill Peters uh, or even Mike Babcock when it comes to the emotional stuff. But, you know, right now we're associated with it because we're part of the hockey community. Yeah. But Bill Peters, you really, really suck. And I can't wait for the tweet to say that he's been fired or left. And I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't think he should ever have a job again. If, yeah. If any of it's true. And what's but, like, what, how, Zach Boychuk, like just. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh my God. I almost forgot. Thank you. He just, so he follows like the entire hockey community. Anybody that's ever said anything about hockey follows everybody trying to gain followers and he unfollows everybody. And they follow some back because he's losing followers. 
And so now he's got like this pretty big follower number and decides to sound off one time. And it's about this. And he's like, and he does it in such like a, what's the deal with satellite TV kind of thing. He's like, so how does everyone feel about Akeem Alou's comments? Like, haven't you been reading brother? Like everyone's talking about how feel. Yeah. And everyone's mortified. Yeah. And the times of change tweet was so bad. Yeah. He, he just seemed to like, cause everyone was like commenting and he was like reply to people. Cause everyone was like, this is like, this is crossing the line. And he's like, yeah, I agree. It is crossing. The line. Like he said it to everybody. And I'm just like, well, I don't understand why, what your point was speaking up in the first place. He, and he, I think he deleted. Yeah. All of them. Did he really? Uh, I was reading yeah, just the, yesterday. The last, but yeah, the last, his like most recent tweet surrounding anything. Um, oh, yeah. That boy took nine hours ago. Rise and shine, beautiful people. The last couple of days and weeks have been tough for the hockey community, especially. He's not wrong there. Uh, it's clear there are issues that go deeper than many of us would imagine. He's not wrong. I think instead of dogpiling each other or avoiding the real problems, we need to come together. This fucking guy said that times change and you base it's basically, you know, you just can't say the N-word anymore. That was his big thing. Like, what the hell is he uh, talking about? He goes back and he deletes it all. He's going back on everything. I just say yeah. I think he like I think he tweeted what he tweeted and was just like, oh shit. Oh, he's shit. like, he's like, oh my god, that's right. I have almost a million followers. Yeah, Why did I, I do that? <laughs> Like I spent all these years making these people think a pro hockey player followed me. <laughs> and I mean, this dude was the 14th overall pick and I didn't know he was a real player until he followed me on Twitter. Yeah, this is ridiculous. He's such a troll. It did seem like that for a while that he was like, especially, you know, yesterday, like that he was just trolling everyone. I know. Like, I, this is- Cause he followed me back when he did the whole follow on follow refollow. He followed me back the second time. I never followed him back. So I was like, this guy's a joke. And I had to follow. I followed him yesterday. Maybe he's just doing this to get all of his followers back. Cause I followed him. God damn. I got to go and follow him. Cause he deleted it all. Yeah. He's, he's, it's just a garbage move. I did. Yeah. Zach Boychuk, you're, you're on the list as well. Oh, I did want to ask you though, with, with the, the Mike Babcock stuff and, and everything that came out, uh, and apparently people had heard about the Mike Babcock situation when it, Mike Babcock, Mitch Marner thing, when it happened. Uh, but do you, he isn't so far gone that, you know, he'll probably coach again in the, in the league if he wants to. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if somebody needs a coach, they'll bring him in. They'll be like, Hey, if they don't want those tactics, they'll be like, Hey, this week, you know, obviously elf in the room, you did this boneheaded move with a rookie. Don't do that here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll feel like he can still get away with it. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know Mike Babcock on that level. Yeah, I, I mean, because there's a Seattle job out there, and maybe it's just a long enough time where. And that's what you know, a lot of rumors are saying. Still, like he'll just take the Seattle yeah. job. Yeah, uh, I mean, talk about a week where we find out a lot of things that are still in the game that don't need to be. I mean, just all across the board. It's not just on the ice. It's clearly in the locker room and on the bench. Like some of these stories were from coaches doing this on the bench. That just doesn't make sense to me. We just need a culture change so bad. We do. 
and and hopefully it's coming. I mean, maybe I mean things happen in threes. So Cherry, Babcock, Peters. I I don't I think it's still coming. Uh, last bit on this. Okay, this is more on my end. I don't believe this happened to you. Uh, if if this type of stuff, the if hating Don Cherry and despising in the, assuming what was said is true, Bill Peters, despising Bill Peters, it makes me ageist, then I will ex- <laughs> gladly accept ageist. that designation. That let it I was called ageist three different times on Twitter this week <laughs> because I said specifically that I I couldn't believe how many old white racist men were still in this league and in running operations the way they did. And, you know, we're seeing them fall, but I, when I got called ages, that was a new one. I that, didn't think that that, that is a new one screen. That's but, hilarious. Ages. Yeah. So, but you're right. Culture change is needed and it could be coming. You hate John uh, God. It is Thanksgiving. Not as we record this, but at least by the time you're listening to this, it's probably the day after Thanksgiving, to be completely honest. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for, like we mentioned this podcast, being able to talk about the sport we love and having listeners that continue to support this podcast. Uh, but there are a lot of things in hockey that we're thankful for as well. So we just wrote down a little list. We'll just go back and forth. We'll explain why we're thankful. As you can probably already guess, these will not be needed to take, be taken too seriously. Uh, so I'll let you go ahead and go first. What's the, what's the, it doesn't matter the order, just something you're thankful for this hockey Thanksgiving celebration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's a little personal. I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for the Sharks demise. Honestly, I'll say this on record once. I was a Sharks fan last year. Um, because my significant other pledged allegiance to the Sharks out of randomness. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I did the same thing. Obviously, being the good guy that I am. And uh, I've always hated the Sharks growing up, but I rooted for them last year, and now they're doing bad, and she jumped ship, so as can I. So I'm thankful that the Sharks are... I I do just want to bring up that they're on a three-game win streak. It's not against very good teams, if I do remember correctly. But they somehow managed three string three wins in a row. Thank you for ruining my Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. But they're tied with Montreal. They're tied with Montreal, and Montreal's goalie sucks, so they can't be that good. There we go. There you go. Uh, I'm thankful for Patrick Kane. There are, just, there are just nights where, like last night against the Stars, that he reminds us, yes, I may not always put up the same numbers as Marchand or Kucherov or Ovi, obviously, definitely not goals. But – just shy of Ovi, there's not really ever going to be a winger from this era that we remember as fondly as Patrick Kane. Hate, hate him for all the off-the-ice shit all you want, uh, but I'm thankful that we get to watch the greatest American, American hockey player of all time. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a Blackhawks fan, but I don't know. I don't know how anyone hates Patrick Kane, honestly. Like, I, I could understand not liking him, but if you hate Patrick Kane... You got you. I think you got issues, really. Well, it's like people don't like you know someone who wins three cups and really, you know, is one of the is probably the best top two player on those teams. 
And then the off the ice stuff wasn't great. But um, and when I say not great, it's because everything was. I mean, he punched a cabbie. That was bad. Definitely don't do that, <laughs> drunk or not. And the other stuff was false. Uh, what's your second? My second one is so stupid. Yeah, my second one is John Carlson. Um, he was the first Ooh. defenseman I drafted in fantasy hockey Jesus. this year. And uh, he's been absolutely killing it. Third in the league in assists with 28 um, behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. And fifth in the league in points with 36. Um, obviously, probably passing the puck to Ovi a lot, but uh, how he gets him, I don't care. I'm thankful he's putting up points for my fantasy team. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing about fantasy. I'm not playing you <laughs> this week, so it really sucks. Uh, I'm thankful for Rod Brindamore. I actually wrote that down before I watched that video, but he had said a few things in the last couple of days. But then I watched a Canes game for the first time since probably the first couple of weeks of the season, and he's such a good coach, and he's such like an athletic freak that it pains me that I didn't pay more attention when he was playing. Yeah. Like, he just, he's a workhorse, and he's the head, like, he's probably the top three hardest-working dude on the team, and he's the coach. (laughs) He's got that team playing well and confident, and he is such a nice, not so much change of pace, but change of scenery as far as NHL coaches. And I think it's awesome that he's doing such a good job. And, uh, as anti Canes as I can be from time to time, I think the jerk stuff was awesome, and that and it took you know people forget if if Rod Brindamore says we're not doing that anymore, they're not doing it anymore. <laughs> so he obviously had a say in it, which is you know awesome that he let them do that. So Rod Brindamore, uh, especially for today, but even over the last couple of years, you uh, we're thankful for you. That's a good one. I'll do my I'll do my third one. I'll go okay. back to back. Okay. I'm thankful. I actually had I thought I had a good tweet about it today. Apparently, Twitter didn't think so. I'm thankful for skill players, man. This game is so fun right now. There are so many incredible offensive and defensive talents in the league, and the some of these games are getting like eight. You know, we referenced eight to one Boston last night. Some of the games are really high scoring, but you're hard pressed to turn on a hockey game and not see a great play, a play that you haven't seen in a while or a play that makes you think how many players can do that. And we're seeing more of it this season than I feel like we have in a long time. Uh, that's a good one. I'm also thankful for the amount of skill players. I'd like to see them get injured a little less, but that is true. Seems like we're working but, on hey, that. I mean, the, the game's got to police itself. Yeah. yeah. It's got to police itself. <laughs> Um, my third one kind of goes hand in hand with that. I'm thankful for the Oilers' success paired with McDavid and Dreisaitl oh being at the top of the points. They're just exciting to watch when they're on. Um, there's just something about watching good Oilers hockey that is nostalgic for me. Um, but I also like watching McDavid and Dreisaitl play. So I'm glad they're finally able to put it together. The Oilers are a team that people are should be fearing at this point, and uh, I just think it makes for a uh, it makes for a more awake league. Less laxadays. I'm so glad you said nostalgic there because if you said there's something about watching good Oilers hockey that and any <laughs> any other word could have followed, but nostalgic was the one that let you get away with that. I, I was how, like, how would you know what good Oilers hockey is other than right now, which is yeah. still up for debate? 
but that is a good one. And it actually ties into mine. Uh, I'm thankful for the Western conference. Cause I have no idea what is going to happen this season. Uh, it is literally the wild, wild West. And there could probably, cause there's so many skilled players out there, but it's <laughs> some of the most, I mean, there's going to be good race divisional races later on in the season in the East, but right now the West is so unpredictable. Yeah, that's it's funny you say that because uh, when we were trying to pick a new team this year, my girlfriend she was I was like I laid out the two conferences and she was like I like all these teams on the left. <laughs> it was the Western Conference. <laughs> uh, that, just... I like how you said left as if you were looking at an upside down map of the <laughs> United States. <laughs> Uh, that is a good one, though. The West, the West has got some good teams. It's exciting hockey, for sure. Um, my fourth one is the Red Wings tanking techniques. I'm so thankful for. Uh, Steve Eisenman in the big seat. Hopeful for the future. We got some good players in the farm system. And we got games in hand with pretty much everyone uh, that's ahead of them. And we're three points behind anybody. So we got that number one spot on lock for the time being. And it keeps me grounded. Having the wings not good, so I'm thankful for that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> what a weird thing to be thankful for. All right. Think times are tough in Detroit, dude. Detroit sports. Yikes. Yeah, big yikes. I mean, I know you're not like an all-around Detroit sports guy, but I mean, major yikes. Yeah. Uh. You may, you, okay, my fifth and final, not final, but my fifth thing I'm most thankful for in the NHL is our sweet prince, Phil the Thrill Kessel. He just played in his 800th consecutive game, which is basically 10 years of being thankful, thank, 10 consecutive years of being thankful for Phil Kessel. Uh, and he is one entertaining dude. Uh, whether you're joking about hot dogs, um, looking at goofy pictures of a house he put up for sale, or acknowledging that he looks nothing like any NHL player has ever looked like in the past. And if you've never seen Phil Kessel, just, I mean, imagine what a circus clown would look like, I guess. Uh, But he does amazing things on the ice. So we're thankful for Phil. The thrill Kessel. Yeah, I'm thankful for Phil. That's a lot of games. Good, good for Phil. Also, American-born player. Not quite Patrick Kane, but great. <laughs> you just love sneaking as many American-born players in there as you can. I respect One it. One day we'll rule the world. <laughs> um, well, my fifth and final one was technically the roller coaster of the Western Conference, um, oh. which yeah, you kind of already mentioned, but and we've touched on you know the. Flames not being there. The Oilers are at the top for the time being. We got the Blues up there, who we all know weren't up there until at least the turn of the new year last year. Uh, and, you know, the Avalanche seeking towards the bottom. So I like, and our Knights, our Knights got to pick it up a little bit. So it's just fun hockey to watch in the West. I don't want to repeat too much what you said, though. Yeah. It, it, it's weird because it, it has been a roller coaster, but since we've recorded. I mean, Dallas has moved up in the standings, but the Pacific top three has stayed the same. Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Edmonton's got 35 points. Oh, boy. That's a lot of points. 
Shark, um, sharks have more points than the Knights. And I've played one dude, last game. Yeah, we were we were gonna skip over that. I literally just saw that, and I was like, ah, don't want to mention that. Didn't oh think you'd God. be going to the standings page. <laughs> yeah, probably. Should. Yeah, but that's just the weird shift that happens when one team wins three in a row and one team loses eight of ten. Yeah, but got they? I mean, they have six of a boss. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's been a tough stretch for the Knights, but that's why we don't have a nightly news because it'd be just about as sad as your local news, probably. Ah, the Sharks are nine and one in the last ten. God, right when I start tuning out. Well, that's that's the thing. <coughs> Everyone started tuning out, and they're like, "Oh my God, guys, we're good at hockey, <laughs> guys." So I I think they were trying to fly under the radar until January third, but. They couldn't. They couldn't stay subdued for that long. Yeah, they can't outlast my wings tanking. We're so good at that, it. That is also true. <laughs> uh, I don't think we missed anything, did we? No, no. We just got a bunch of food well, to eat. Yeah, I was gonna say. So let, let's just throw it out. We've got to. We're a podcast, and it's Thanksgiving time. Uh, favorite and least favorite Thanksgiving food. Uh, my favorite is mac and cheese, but it's got to be good. I'm kind of picky about it, but if you do it right, it's like bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good mac and cheese can be the best side for sure. Um, worst side for me is cranberry sauce. I just don't, I don't, don't eat it. Yeah, that doesn't even get put on the table at my house actually. Good. Uh, my, I don't eat cheese, so as is, much, is as it a good, new thing or is that always no? Been? I it's 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 an always been thing. Uh, I don't like milk either, but I will eat ice cream and yogurt. Uh. But I have looked at some mac and cheeses before, especially a baked mac and cheese with breadcrumbs on top and everything. And I have wished so desperately that I like cheese, but I can't do it. Uh, my favorite is stuffing, especially if you can get some gravy on top of it. Uh, and my least favorite is anything with green beans, whether it just be plain green beans or green bean casserole. And get those weird stalks of. That, that's your favorite away from me that's my least favorite okay 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 my favorite with stuffing with gravy but yeah, least yeah, yeah. Favorite is, gosh. dude what's what have you ever dressing like do you know the difference between stuffing and dressing are they the same thing i don't i think stuffing and dressing are the same thing to some people i'm looking at my wife seeing if she'll confirm have you ever heard of uh stuffing as dressing yeah she's nodding yes yeah it's like a so, it's like that's what they all call it down here most of them in the south and it's like I don't know. I don't know. Dressing is what you put on a salad to me. Well, it's like great. Like, so gravy is the like the brown deliciousness yeah, yeah. you pour over your yep. everything, yep. basically. Yeah. But I work with a bunch of Italians who call pasta sauce gravy. Like like just regular like spaghetti sauce. sauce? Yeah, they call it gravy. <laughs> That's the wildest thing ever. Yeah, it, it's such a wild world. Sicily is such a crazy place. That's where they're all from, too. They're all like Sicilian. Yeah, I've never heard of yeah, I've never heard of pasta sauce being called gravy, but I guess that's why we're a melting pot. Uh yeah, we definitely didn't miss anything. Thanksgiving is gonna be great. I hope you can all spend time with your family. I was gonna have a 90 seconds today and be bitter about something, but uh just be thankful. Uh, and have a great day with whoever you decide to spend it with. Uh, I will be spending it at QVC where I work and uh, live TV never stops except on Christmas day. So think of me while you're eating hot food uh, and I'm heating up leftovers at 9 PM.
Okay, I will. That wasn't for you. I know okay. you're not going to, but maybe the <laughs> listeners will. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to Hockey World, HockeyWorld.com, Piranis Hockey World. Thank you to Belly Up and Belly at Belly Up Podcast on Twitter for continuing to let us penetrate your ears. I was trying to think of something clever, but I couldn't. I like that. Penetrate your ears. Penetrate Ear your ears. That's that's what we're doing. Uh, a weekend episode is up in the air as of now. I'm just bringing this on Zach. Uh, but you will at least get some sort of content from us over the weekend. We hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe Black Friday shopping if you're going. Are you going Black Friday shopping? I will not be, no. I don't do no, that. You're not crazy. Cyber Monday. Right. Cyber Monday, exactly, which falls in December, which means a lot more people are going to shop because they got paid. For Maria, for at Belly Up, Zach Mack. I'm at Belly Up KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you later this week. And just go Lions. Why not? We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at Belly Up Zach Mack, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod.